0: Okay, Kate, I have a question for you. Okay. How are you feeling about this being the last episode of our show?
1: I am um, uh, cautiously optimistic.
0: I think that... Cautiously optimistic that we won't have to work together anymore?
1: (laughs) uh, That we will work together again. Got it. (laughs) But that it won't uh we hopefully don't fall into a pit like we did when we started this not knowing where it was ending
0: that's so funny
1: <laughs> cuz we still don't have uh really know what we're going to do for like
0: so what you're optimistic about is that we'll like figure out a project that has like term limits
1: or that <laughs> we as it like builds and grows and tumbles into itself it doesn't turn into an absolute nightmare <laughs> show like if we do a tv show It's one that's like consistent.
0: Okay, follow-up question. Yeah. Would you call working on XOXO Riverdale, did it become a nightmare? Do you feel it was a nightmare for you?
1: I don't think working on it was a nightmare. I feel that the prep for it,
0: like our our episodes were fun, but having to like sit and
1: watch those episodes. Yes was like, it was pretty, it was pretty tough to get through at times. Yeah,
0: yeah, I, I just think I, this just is just our different personalities and like, completely respect that answer and I know I think you're wrong. Yeah. For me, I haven't used the term nightmare when people have asked, I've used the term slog. Like not- the, That works too, yeah. Yeah, like, it's not like I'm sitting. I was sitting down with the bad seasons and being like, oh my god, I hate this so much, I'm gonna die. It was more like, okay, well, time to do this again. This weird thing yeah. that I do now.
1: <laughs> you never had the uh, upcoming dread of knowing a musical episode was coming the same way I did.
0: I know, because uh, because like, I'm so happy to see the musical episodes, because, yeah. you know, if you were more gay, <laughs> it would have been easier for you. Uh,
1: I think if I had, like, a less horrible experiences in theater growing up. Sure. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was We've talked about this. I was a theater kid. I, yes. <laughs> uh, I don't need that in my life anymore.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um. Do you want to ask me the same question? Or is this enough? Uh,
1: yeah, how you feeling?
0: <laughs> um, this whole end of Riverdale for me, and we talked mm-hmm. about this a little bit last week, I am surprisingly emotional about it. I am actually a little sad to say goodbye to these characters after all is said and done. I do feel like there were moments where it was really nice that there was a weekly show where I could catch up with Archie and the gang, because I mm-hmm. am have such an affinity for them. So that's kind of taken me by surprise. Um, something that's been a big linkage is for me, uh, you know, on a personal note, um, my 98 year old grandmother is sort of dealing with some like potential end of life issues right now. And um, and we've talked before sort of about end of life stuff, me and her. And then that episode where Betty was dealing with end of life issues, it kind of hit me in a surprising it the way. Time, yeah. Yeah. It's just the timing of it was sort of surprising for me. So that, mm-hmm. that's definitely been an element to how I've been feeling about it. And then, yeah, you know, I'm, you know, certainly last but definitely not least, like I'm going to miss having a reason to be working with you week to week to week. And I'm certainly not worried about us, you know, being in touch and being friends and being in each mm-hmm. other's lives. um, But, you know, definitely sort of leaving it open, like, you know, what are we going to work on next and what is going to, bring this like creative partnership, what will bring it joy and what can we take on, you know, mm-hmm. leaving it open ended, that is a little, there is a little bit of trepidation to that, of course, but, you know, we don't need to be recapping Riverdale anymore. Enough.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: It, that, that part of our lives has, that era has ended and
0: yeah, say, okay. Yeah. It's time to put that in the rear view mirror, you know, goodbye Riverdale. Goodbye, late-night cups of coffee and all-night writing sessions. <laughs> goodbye, uh, <laughs> classroom with b- your books and, you know, your teachers. Uh, goodbye, gym coach that got locked in that room and never got out.
1: <laughs> oh, Mrs. I want to say Applebee. Apple bottom
0: Yes, Mrs. A- I believe was Applebottom, or yeah, it was Apple, Bottom, A- yeah, it Apple, was Apple
1: something. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Mrs. Applebottom jeans, Mrs. Boots yeah. with the fur. Boots with the fur. <laughs> anyway, roll that theme song. <laughs> welcome to the final episode of XOXO
3: XO,
1: XO, XO,
0: Riverdale. I have been Louis Perlman.
1: I was and maybe will continue to be Kate Batter.
0: We are here wrapping up this series. Uh, how wild for us. Just to let you know what we're going to do. We are going to have a wonderful panel. Uh, of fun experts to talk about the entire series of Riverdale in all its glory uh, today. But before we get to that, any big Riverdale fan news as we wrap up our series? No! (laughs) Kate says gleefully. (laughs) Nothing! Yeah, I haven't really seen a lot even on their Instagrams or anything this week.
1: Well, they can't.
0: Well... post about know,
1: Riverdale.
0: Yes, because of the strike. Yeah. But Lily posted something r- uh, dur- on the last episode, which I guess is technically in break of the strike, but I think she posted on her Twitter, like, a sad face emoji.
1: Yeah, that's, <laughs> like, kind of all they can do. Which
0: seems totally fair, you know?
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: like, yeah. Um But they are posting their own personal things. And it seems like a lot of them are on vacation and hanging out and running around with their friends. And that's great. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, nothing more to say. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So everyone, thank you for coming. We have, we're doing a quick little question, uh, true false question answer here with some former Riverdale fans which is maybe also how you could describe Louie and I at certain standpoints. Um, <laughs> we have Frank Garcia-Hell. He is an actor and comedian. And Hello. Dana Wickens. She is a drummer for Off Book, the musical improv podcast, as well as Every Place I Cry.
4: Yes. <laughs> thank you so much for having
1: us. Yeah, thank you guys for coming. Um, starting off, so Frank, you how much yes. of the show did you watch?
5: Uh, I watched the entire first season, and um, I started to watch season two, and then it got a little too uh, banana pants for me, that it was hard to kind of keep up with it. And at that time, I believe, I I mean, as usual, I had, uh, you know, I have to watch this syndrome, you know, where it's like mm-hmm. everything, my list is just completely miles long of the things that I need to watch or want to watch so then it just kind of got away from me and I never picked it up but I kept seeing uh on social media especially from you uh just like little recaps of like episode synopsis that I was like oh uh I definitely didn't see that coming from season one so that's where I'm, I'm at yes
1: yeah, season one and season seven were very different from the rest of this in between series
5: yeah <laughs> I, I imagine based off of those descriptions yeah so yeah. that's where i met. that's where i met. i mean i i really enjoyed it i really enjoyed that first season and i i i like when uh you know people could take big swings with an ip you know and kind of give it fresh life and i'm i'm always here for it, it doesn't ruin any of the original content mm-hmm. for me at least that's what i believe in ip it's like try something with it uh so yeah uh but it was really entertaining to see those descriptions
4: Thanks. What about you, Dana? Kind of the same thing, honestly. Like I feel like I watched wait, I think all of season one, or at least a good chunk of season one. And maybe I can't tell if it was like getting weird for me in season one and then I like didn't continue, or if it was like the same thing where it was like season two, and I'm like, "Ah, I can't like do this anymore. But it's you know what's funny is I I have Watched like I've I don't want to say hey watch it sounds like mean but sure I've like I have watched like series completely through actively knowing like this is bad like I don't like oh, I yeah. don't like it and I'm just continue like Secret Life of the American Teenager what objectively one of the worst whole thing, the yeah, thing. Like too <laughs> so bad but I like loved it at the same time I feel like that maybe with Riverdale I'm a massive Archie comics fan mm-hmm. and so. I was like, and I'm down for like a, like a spooky, weird. Oh, it's like kind of like adult or something ver- version of stuff. But maybe, maybe in some ways I just like, didn't, it got too wacky, I think. And I just, I kind of fell off, but I same thing where I was like seeing updates and I'm like, should i like get back into this like there's a musical episode i'm like maybe this is actually good <laughs> we'll see
1: for what it's worth uh lou and i went all in on this podcast and i think he would have stuck it out but if i didn't have this i definitely would have stopped and it wouldn't have been yeah. a conscious decision to stop it would just be like i fell behind and just like never got back in but yeah yeah <laughs> there are several musical
4: episodes wait <laughs> i did not know that I thought there was, like, there's the one movie. every
5: season didn't know that either yeah
4: that's amazing and and honestly I have I have a friend whose spouse is a writer on it so I also would see like the updates like from then and I was like oh like maybe I really need to do, need to get back into it because it it seems like they're like leaning into like the campiness of it like they they're they're self-aware oh, yeah. it's not like oh no this is like <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. trying to put on it's, like a, it's a, a very real serious product. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I yeah, feel yeah. like
5: Which I love. the CW requires every one of its show to have at least one musical episode in its series. Oh yeah. Like, I think so, every yeah. single CW show I've ever seen, <laughs> there's always one musical episode.
2: Yeah. Well,
1: not Riverdale.
5: There's seven. There's yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's
4: amazing.
1: And we'll have a question about that. So we'll pretend like that? we don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> everything we just discussed won't help you with the question (laughs)
4: okay okay good
1: all right who wants to be first Uh, i mean i'll go okay Frank. yeah go for
4: it yeah yeah
5: yeah Yeah, why not
1: all
4: right the first question
1: (laughs) true or false andy cohen comes to riverdale to personally invite hermione lodge to join the real housewives false right that's true oh what really (laughs) andy cohen was on the show
5: i because i was gonna say i thought it was a trick question because i was like i know andy cohen was on the show but that plot device
4: that
5: premise wow okay
2: wait and also
4: the fact that andy Andy, any, even (laughs) it was like reality like, I don't know if Andy himself is going to any of these people being like, right, to be a
5: <laughs> personally recruiting like, them like they're Nick, yeah. like he's Nick Fury or something. Yeah.
1: yeah, First season. I think, like, for the first like one or two series, he was maybe involved because <laughs> he was like a showrunner producer, and then he oh. just became like Andy Cohen because he nailed it so much with those shows that Bravo
4: just like gate yes. the network
2: yeah yes Cart that blanched. actually
4: is straight up yeah. true like he basically he was like a, yeah he was like a full like like yeah like a basically like behind the scenes and they were yeah. like you're a good like he why don't development. you do... yeah and he would they were like wow. they like, basically he like fell into like hosting the reunions and then he just became like mr
1: bravo, oh. bravo yeah, is everything bravo wow. is today is thanks to andy cohen
4: L- literally <laughs> god bless <laughs> All right, so Dana, this one's for you. Okay, I'm Uh, ready. Reggie
1: plays for the Lakers, true or false?
4: Okay, false. It has to be false.
1: It's true, but it is the Minnesota Lakers because it's in the last season where they go back in time. Um... Okay. I'm assuming, actually, didn't bother looking up when the franchise moved, but I'm assuming if it was in the 50s, they were in Minnesota
4: this is actually all these facts are making me want to watch this like instantly honestly like it's so (laughs) insane that is insane
1: now that i've gotten through it in retrospect it seems like it might be a good show to watch now that you can like look stuff up so like you put it on while you're like cleaning yes i love a cleaning show yeah
2: (laughs) Yeah. love a cleaning show it
1: could be that or like when you put on when you're like about to take a nap and then you wake up
4: and just like keep
1: going yes
4: I literally have shows. Well, I'm, now I'm going to definitely have to add this category because I have like eating shows and non-eating shows. Mm-hmm. And an eating show could be like, like right now I'm re-watching Gilmore Girls for like the 9,000th time. It's like, that can be, I could be eating whatever. But like yeah. succession in real time, I'm not eating a
1: food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, this requires is all solid, your like, attention, yeah.
2: yeah.
4: This is yeah. a good,
1: if you like have to run to the bathroom, you don't have to pause it kind of show.
4: Yeah, you're like, I'm not. It'll be fine. It'll be fine.
1: (laughs) Yeah. All right. Cool. I love it. (laughs) Frank. Yes. True or false, Jason Priestley takes off in a rocket dressed like Evil Knievel. True. (laughs) This one's false.
5: Oh, because but it sounds like it would be the most enlightening.
1: It. It's a tricky one because it's Chad Michael Murray, not Jason Priestley.
5: Oh, you had to get the late 80s, early 90s stars in there.
1: Well, the almost, act is true. Yeah, almost everyone from 90210 was on the show at one point or another.
5: They have to be. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's incredible. Required, but they never got That's Jason, amazing. which was like a real big miss
2: because there were a I'm lot sorry, of what?
1: opportunities. They never got Jason Priestley, and that would have been. It was a big miss on their part. Like,
5: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that is yeah. surprising.
1: Yeah. Huh. He, I wonder he if he, like costs so too well. much
4: or something. And he's like, I want this. <laughs> I don't know. Good for him either way. Sure, yeah.
1: <laughs> All right, Dana, true or yes. false, Kevin and Fanny's get caught up in an organ farming cult.
4: That feels true to me.
1: That's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then Chad Michael Oregon Murray farming. sold t-shirts for organ donation with that said the farm, which was the name of the cult.
5: Was this before or after he came back from his space trip?
1: This was before. The spaceship, okay. he did okay. die.
5: Oh, oh yeah. okay. Yes, yeah. Yes.
2: A
4: death trip. <laughs> yeah, to, I feel like to.
1: even thinking about it now, I'm not sure the rocket ever really took off, uh, <laughs> but he was just like, like I'm not even going to say like Evil Knievel, but like Gonzo, like... Evil It oh, like, It's like a cosplay, okay. a very like cosplay. I love that. A three <laughs> yeah. steps removed. Um, <laughs> all right, that's fine. like
5: the writers' only time they've seen that Evil Knievel suit was just <laughs> on Gonzo, so they, so they that's their reference point. <laughs>
1: I would oh love God. that. This show is so loaded with like deep cut references. I would love if like the one misses, they just like never heard of Evel yeah, Evel Knievel.
5: Yeah, they just got that one. <laughs> yeah, they're
1: like, huh? <laughs> they just missed that one cultural moment okay frank Mm -hmm. true or false one of the musical episodes was based on hedwig and the angry inch uh true that's true
5: yeah, yes. I mean, I would, that's a that's a good play there. I mean, why wouldn't you? I love that musical. That yeah. feels amazing. Yeah.
4: I love that. I Me need too. to. I need to see all the musical episodes now. Like my brain is like breaking. So I, actually, that just proves that I didn't finish season one because I don't remember a musical episode. I feel like Season occurring. one
1: may not have had one.
4: Okay. Okay. So maybe I, it was like you know. Yeah, <laughs>
1: it's hard to keep track. Um, sure. <laughs> all right. Who who does that? Frank, right? All right. Dana, true or false? Yes. One of the musical episodes was based on the Heathers. That feels true. That is also true.
4: Wow. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's high school, so I'm, like, yeah. feeling, you know. It has,
1: someone is it's murdered mandatory. on stage. She's actually, Great. like, crucified. It's. Oh. <laughs> what the fuck? She's, My like, nailed goodness. to It's wild.
5: Like, Silence of the Lambs style? Like, <laughs> when they walk in and see the, the guard the, all. The
1: curtains open, and she's, like,
5: wow,
4: knived to the back wall.
5: So we're doing each... a good job selling this show. I want to
4: go I'm back and watch things. it. Yeah. <laughs> With each question, I'm like, okay, I'm actively watching this. Yeah. The
1: things that this these are the highlights, happen. you know, like there's a hundred yeah. and however seventy episodes or whatever, and we're only going yeah. like
4: fifty. You got to like pay your dues to get to these like yeah. core moments. <laughs> Amazing. All right, Frank. Yes.
1: True or false? One of the episodes is based on Rent.
5: I mean, that feels true.
1: It's false, but doesn't it feel true?
5: It does. If you're gonna,
2: if you're gonna I do Hedwig know. and Heather, yeah.
4: like Rent, really exactly. fits right in there. Dang, maybe they feel like it was too like overplayed because like whenever I feel like when there are like musical parodies, it's, it's like a real easy kind of well, grab, right? These aren't parodies either, though. It's parody, but. Right.
5: <laughs> yeah. All homages. Well, yes, yes.
4: Yeah. Yes.
5: So tell me this. Did they do a Phantom of the Opera episode themed episode?
1: Oh, I wish.
5: Okay. Because I was going to say Ooh. if they had done that and not rent, then it wouldn't make any or yeah, or they wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. They, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: I should also say the like the Heathers was the first one. And that was like the drama club was doing a production of the Heathers. And then everything the after Meadow. that was just like, here's a song. <laughs> and all the songs it.
4: have a theme. <laughs> Are they
2: diegetic? Oh are God. they
4: non-diegetic? We don't know. I've. <laughs> I want to hear the list of all of the musicals. I don't want to give anything away with the quiz. The oh, we're done false. with the There's musicals. More. It's okay. Yeah. Like- what What are the rest? Heather's
1: Hedwig. God, um, I can't even remember. There was the last season that was like original music.
4: Okay. Wow. Okay. Who did the music Amazing. for that? Do
5: you remember?
1: It, n- I do not remember. I feel like oh, okay. we looked it up and we're like, we don't know who that person is. Oh, okay. Um. I wish I could remember what the other ones were. So that, like, tells you a lot. In my brain... God, what was that? Oh, ne- they did Next to Normal.
4: <laughs> oh, my
2: wow. God.
4: That's a bit... So, was it, like, pill-related? Were there, like, pills involved? <laughs> I don't recall. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I oh. remember... Everyone being like, this was a poor choice. Yeah. That's like a deep cut, honestly, because like, unless you're like a musical nerd, you're not. Yeah. I don't think like the normal CW population is like processing this. Yeah. For what it's worth, the normal CW
1: population averages, I believe, 54 as their age.
5: Oh, so then <laughs> what? they what? Just...
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I can't. I, we could look at the others, but they none of them oh like really God. made a ton of sense. Okay. Yeah, I love
2: it. (laughs) Yeah. Gen X, because they
5: were yeah they were into the when the Archies you know like kind of the Archie comics may come back in the late eighties early nineties, so they were there for that. And then they were also the uh, I don't give a shit generation. So you combine those two things, of course, Riverdale would be their (laughs) jam.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, Dana. Yes. Uh, True or false? Archie gets a record deal. That feels true. That's false.
5: Oh, what? I know. That would be like one of the main plots.
4: Yeah, I know. (laughs) It's crazy. Because I I do remember vaguely, doesn't he like write songs in like season one? Yeah. He's part of the
5: whole, yeah. (laughs) It's
1: why it's wild that he does it. That's why it was included in this quiz.
4: Wow. That's insane. Yeah. Well, missed opportunity. (laughs) Truly okay to do Frank. some kind
5: of like bedroom oh, pop type of band or something like even yeah just even lo-fi like <laughs> that's
1: yeah. yeah he did he like starts it they all start bands that you just he has a sound yeah.
5: band yeah yeah
1: and the last yeah. the very last episode when they do the like where are they now it was like fang's got a record contract and then died <laughs> and <Okay>. then died <laughs> While he was on tour. No
5: specifics just died.
4: (laughs) It was, while he was on tour, it was a bus crash.
5: I feel like. Of
4: course. I have a feeling they had. I can, like, (laughs) picture them having, like, up, like, in the writer's room, like, a zillion ideas of, like, halves that each character takes, and they probably were, like, pick out of a hat. Like, this character, like, goes on tour and dies. (laughs) This one. (laughs) Like a Mad Libs. Yeah, Mad Libs ending. Mad Libs, Yeah. You know, it felt a little bit like
1: that. <laughs> All sure. right. I'm not even mad. <laughs> no. Frank, yes. true or false. Jughead had contracts rabies.
5: Uh I believe there was I remember hearing rumblings of a werewolf uh plot or something somewhere in there. So I'd imagine rabies came in somewhere, yes.
1: Yeah, it's true. Did it uh, get bit wow. by a bat or something? Uh I don't even remember uh how he contracted <laughs> it. He was like very feverish and like hallucinated a rat king in the sewer which was just splinter
4: okay from- okay <laughs> Turtles, sure right i
1: don't <laughs> but um yeah he does and he unlike the one person who survived rabies without the vaccine who has permanent brain damage Doug how Cal- came out of it five
4: sure yeah i Good mean it's the really bizarro universe yeah you know yeah it's yeah. like oh no i'm sick for like a little bit but now i'm okay yeah no it's yeah. Uh, you guys shouldn't worry about rabies. like apparently yeah. it's fine yeah he's truly it's a
1: riverdale yeah <laughs> it's just like i mean it's like it's it's like a cold it's like a rough cold yeah <laughs> all right dana Yeah. Sure or false archie box is a rival quarterback to win back the school mascot
4: oh boy oh that feels oh I'm gonna say false because I feel like it's something crazier than that it's
1: that it is false it combines like so many things which is okay epic (laughs) highs and low lows of high school football that's a famous Archie quote he does so he's in prison and someone is like I had to like murder people for drug money to like support my grandmother and he's like man you never experienced high school football uh, oh my god! <laughs> and then he later opens a boxing gym. But,
4: okay, all right. So we're getting like pieces. Yeah, yeah. It just, so like if you know those two things, it
1: feels so reasonable that he would like be sure. another QB. But uh,
4: yeah. <laughs> for
5: nope. the mascot. For, for the mascot. To the oh, yeah. mascot. Yes.
1: Yeah, to win back the mascot.
4: Yes. But, yes. <laughs> nope. All right. It.
1: Frank. Ooh, mm-hmm. You keep getting the tricky ones, Frank. Sorry.
5: <laughs> I don't mind. This is fun. <laughs>
1: True or false, the gang kills Jughead Midsummer style?
5: I want to say yes that it was. I wouldn't pat. I wouldn't put it past Riverdale to do some kind of like Lazarus Pit type of thing where he dies and comes back, or or it was all a hallucination. Uh, especially if they're gonna riff on Midsummer, but um, I always say that weird Midsummer. It's how it's yeah, spelled. I don't know. Midsommar. Yeah. uh so- I wanna say true.
1: It's false because it was Archie. Ah oh, so it
4: happened, it's just wrong character.
1: Yeah, season six, Archie dies and like uh Cheryl becomes like the Scarlet Witch and Jughead can hear thoughts, <laughs> like Season six goes off the rails.
5: Well, th- wasn't there like a Sabrina crossover at some point?
1: Yeah, that was in six because Necro Rancy did have to be uh, right. introduced. Oh, oh, yes.
5: That was another sure. show I watched the first season <laughs> yeah. of, and I didn't get to. Yeah.
4: And the crossover Same. was after Sabrina was canceled.
5: Right. I right. liked it. Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Insane. <laughs> yep.
1: All right. Uh, Dana, true or false? An alien <laughs> okay. is entombed in maple syrup
4: true yeah <laughs> yeah there's yeah. so much fear. I, I just in felt show. right it just felt like good to say yes <laughs> yeah I don't remember it happening but I did see it mentioned the other
2: day wow I
4: love also where did the alien who what was it like an alien alien or like an alien that looks like a person
1: I truly don't remember it was in this like weird bizarre season but like think of how weird that season had to be for me to be like oh there were aliens
4: like, well, you were like it was just
1: like... like like out of mind it just didn't affect me
5: well there's time travel in the in the show right
1: yeah so the end of season six an atomic bomb goes well i, I believe they call it a p-bomb for palladium. goes yes. off in riverdale and like the timeline splits
2: I thought so. and then so. the whole
1: oh. seventh season takes place in the 50s
5: I, yes, wow. I remember seeing okay. something Louie might've posted about that. And I was like, huh? <laughs> Cause, <I don't> <laughs> Cause you know, aliens, some people think that aliens are p- us from the future. So it time, It's one all... of them.
4: <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm a, I'm a big alien UFO UAP freak. Me too. And I, I, yes. And I, I do love the, um, us from the future theory. It, yeah. it, it But I've also heard people say that it would be easier to go forward in time than back in time, in terms of like whatever. Anyway,
2: yeah,
4: different podcast, Um, but yeah, like it's a different
1: time. (laughs) Six and seven were good. Like it was like really two through five that didn't.
4: Okay, so you got to power through those. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah, you can do what you during those, and then sit down for six and seven.
4: Yes, I love this.
1: Frank, true or false? Betty dismembers Hal and licks the knife a little when she's done. True. That's false. Um, <sighs> but there was a whole plot where Betty had the serial killer gene. Don't worry <laughs> if you haven't heard of it. It's certainly not real. Um, <laughs> and it it feels on brand for her, but she did not have to dismember Hal personally. I don't know. If he, I don't think he ever did. Okay. Word, but he was... Uh. The black hood if you caught any of season two it did turn out to be him um oh
5: spoiler, that does but... sound
4: familiar okay no, wait then maybe i did watch some oh, of season two yeah that yeah. does sound familiar
2: that, for sure yeah. and
4: also the like the kid that see that scene if you i would think that was true that feels like it happened i have like a it false memory it? about it
2: <laughs> yeah it feels that's why mandela effect right there true.
4: wow <laughs> that's crazy also i do kind of secretly wish there was like a serial killer gene and then if you did like 23 and me it would like it would tell you up. and then yeah. you would be like oh that like sucks It right. yeah. so much during the yeah. show for several oh, shit.
5: seasons <laughs> i'm yeah. related to ed gain yeah
4: uh-huh. yeah you're like no. it's
1: like uh-huh. if you watch what you what we do in the shadows and guillermo is a van helsing oh
2: yeah, like, oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay dana yes so Veronica reenacts Uncut Gems.
4: Oh, my God. I'm going to say false. False. It's true.
1: Veronica has, like, a whole store, and it's, like, very clearly based on Uncut Gems. (laughs) Oh, my God. Because they edit it the same
5: way and stuff?
1: It's, like, the storyline, like, no, she doesn't die at the end of it. But there's like very specific like one very specific gem or stone that's like a big deal
4: okay huh. yes okay but wow it was, like, does she like... have an accent like a, does she ever have like a line read that's like uncut like Joms. an uncut jobs but like, she... she's like <laughs> something else
1: <laughs> she does not but okay. it was also it was like in between uncut gems coming out and uncut jobs coming out
2: wow so it was
1: like really like right oh. in the hot spot they I just, ah oh, perfect balance. It Finger was, on the pulse. The yeah. worst season, but the funniest shit was like, yeah, this is a season where Veronica's just like a gems dealer. It's fine. <laughs> okay. Frank, these are your last questions. Okay. True or false, Reggie and Hiram get into the weed business together?
5: I feel like that's a true
1: a false. plot point. No? But they do, like, constantly kind of get into business with each other. There's no okay. drug
5: dealing or anything that
1: there's jingle jangle real early in the high school years and then there's like yes. so much with like rum at point rum yeah specific <laughs> yeah
5: okay they're yeah. pirates
2: yeah it
1: feels like trying to make up for having a couple of latino people named hiram and hermione was they were like let's do like like make up like latin american things like
4: but oh that's
5: my not, i guess so yeah <laughs> like,
1: it's kinda, like Cuban. It's, like, like, yeah, I don't that even feels like that. more yeah. of a yeah, yeah. They, it, I don't really know, but yeah, there's Cuba a lot of every scene between Hyrule and Reggie are like the best scenes for unclear reasons. They're almost all sponsored by like Frito Lays, those scenes, like, someone's always <laughs> eating chips during wow. scenes, and they're and both like, like so <laughs> into it, like, they're like, having so much, Ford. Fun. yes, and they're having like, so much this. fun. It's, <laughs> The angles, they're always shot from like weird angles in an office. Like I don't understand
4: in they're retrospect like, what all of that was oh, about. Right.
5: And they take a moment to look in camera and say, real flavor blast.
4: Yeah. Yeah. It's not like those um oh my God, I'm forgetting what like the fake brand is, but actually I know it's in Gilmore Girls, but it's like uh, it's like a prop that's used let's. all the time. Let's. Let's instead of yes, let's. And they always roll the bag down in a really weird way, which always like disturbs me. And I'm like, (laughs) no one eats chips like this, like ever. But um, I worked on like some shoots that had lets stuff. And I was like, I was like, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, I believe the motto community came up
1: with them was get your damn hands off my lets. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Dana, here's your last question. Okay, I'm ready. True or false, Jason's soul possesses a doll like Annabelle
4: i'm gonna say true that's true that feels and then there's like a
1: whole thing in season (laughs) seven where they like relearn what happened to these other timelines and like it's just like oh someone has to like learn this about himself like oh my god (laughs) do you guys okay so dana did win um but do you guys want to hear the tiebreaker okay (laughs) yes okay the tiebreaker was what type of fetish porn does kevin get involved in
4: Ooh, like, I'm going to guess clowns. No.
5: Uh, I'm going to guess ASMR or something to do with that.
4: No. Can we do Mm -hmm. one more guess? Yeah, do another guess. Like cake sitting? Like sitting on cakes? No, but it feels like you're both, like, kind of on the right track. Okay. Like, it is weird. Okay.
5: (laughs) Feet stepping on food?
4: (laughs) No, it's not, but... Okay. That feels like too, too close.
5: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> too real. Too real. Yeah. Like
1: someone, someone in the crowd, kind of, like would definitely be into that.
4: You know. Yeah. Is it
5: sitting on balloons?
4: No. <laughs> um. Wait, are we close with sitting on things? No. Okay. Yeah, we you were need, close like, when a- it was a- getting like weird. Okay, uh, weird. Okay.
1: Um. Not to be mean to the people who really have the fetish, but like... It's, right. It's There's a, no fetish oh, shaming here. furries. <laughs> no, 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 that's too common. It is like... No offense, but also I can't imagine anyone
4: who is into that will listen to this podcast, yeah. just statistically. We're
5: not going to yuck any yums here. Yeah.
4: Okay, okay. Um...
5: <laughs> wow. Reading Archie say, like, comics.
1: <laughs> do, do you want a hint? Yes. yes yeah, yeah. There was a documentary about this. Getting tickled. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and
4: amazing. He gets, he
1: gets into it and then they drop it like there's no resolution to this. Well, story. there's a like, documentary. Wow, oh. Yeah, called right? Tickled. Yeah. Get Tickles, tickled.
4: Yeah. Yep. Oh, wow. my God. Haunting. <laughs> Yeah. But also disappears.
2: Just it's like just, they
1: truly just like moment. I think they were like, oh, we're in over our heads, and just like and we can't, that. right? <laughs> and like totally, there's so many things where it seems like they're gonna give up on it, and they forgot about it, and then like, yeah, three seasons later, it will suddenly resolve very quickly and simply. But that one just <laughs> never.
4: Wow. Yeah, they were just like, nah. it's like um, it's like the murder plot line in like Friday Night Lights. They basically right. yeah, like, like they were like, the yeah. let's well, just not.
2: <laughs> just move forward. It
4: feels like
1: they started watching the documentary and like wrote the episodes, and then they finished the documentary and were like, oh, this could cause a problem.
4: And yes. just like, yeah. yeah. They're like, no, 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 no.
1: <laughs> this has been true or false. And it sounds like now you guys both want to watch
2: the show a little more.
4: So
1: 100% I think
2: I might. yeah. All
4: right, guys. I also, it feels like American Horror Story to me, which is a show that I always want to like, everything about it on paper is like this is a show that i would love it's like horror and campy and mm-hmm. gross and kind of like you know uh, are ar- <laughs> or whatever and like and then whenever i like i watch it i start like after like the first few episodes i'm like like i can't but it's getting too they just don't like keep up the pace of it of yeah. what's happening But the same thing where they're throwing so many wacky things at the wall that like not everything can stick or like too many things are sticking. Yeah. This feels like that feels like that type of thing. (laughs) Yeah. That sounds about right.
1: But like the first season is like good and like bottled in. They knew where it was going. The second season was like they kind of knew what they were doing, but they actually didn't know who the Black Hood was going to be until like they got to it
4: yeah the
1: third season is oh like a johnson and dragons comparison it's called griffins and gargoyles the fourth oh season or no the what did i just say that was the fourth season that was a third season the or third season fourth season, right the fourth season is the Oregon farm the Great. fifth okay. season is like they jump five or six years into the future and everyone's like business people
4: <laughs> yes the, the classic as an adult everyone is just business Business. versus (laughs) they do
1: business uh the sixth (laughs) is like supernatural stuff and then the seventh is like they go back in time to the 50s it's bonkers and
5: that's how the show ends yep in the 50s
1: in the 50s great we're
5: really going back to source material yeah.
1: yeah yeah all right well thank you both for coming frank where yes. can people find you what are you plugging it's i guess we're in a strike so there's not a lot yeah
5: of we can't fun. really i'm not even sure if i'm supposed to be on here talking about this uh <laughs> no I, <laughs> this I
1: this isn't promoting the
6: show
5: okay good so. yeah uh i i doubted it but uh you could find me i mean yeah i can't really promote anything but i can just you can say you can find yourself. me yeah you can find me on social yeah. media on Instagram and Twitter. I refuse to call it anything else. Uh, At Frank Garcia Hale, H-E-J-L. And uh, yeah, I just post what I'm doing there. I host two other podcasts. Uh, One is uh, The Canon Canon, which talks about the movies of Canon uh, films from the 80s. And the other one is Smashing (laughs) Pumpcast, which talks about the band Smashing Pumpkins.
4: Great. Dana? I love it. Uh, Yeah, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter, uh, and quasi TikTok, but barely at Dana wickens. Um, and then yeah, off book, the improvised musical podcast, technically we wrap the show after 300 episodes, but we're still doing live shows. So if you're in Los Angeles, I don't know when this episode comes out, but we're doing, okay, great. We're doing a live show at the bourbon room, uh, on September 20th. So come on out and see us. And then every place I cry. Uh, we just had a live show last night. Uh, I think the streaming link to that will still be available. And we played with wolves of Glendale. So come check that out (laughs) on the internet. Fun times. (laughs) Great. Thank
2: you both. Yes. Thank you.
5: Thank you.
0: Is there a show that's going to replace this for you that you've thought about. You no. Know,
1: uh it's not a good time right now to find new shows. Uh yeah,
0: because of the strike.
1: Because of the strike, uh which sucks because we'd normally be coming up on pilot season here. Yes. Um you know the the second season of Claim to Fame just ended and I cannot speak of that show highly enough. Oh, is it good? It being...
0: Oh, dope. It's
1: a re- it's a reality show but I love it so much. Nice. And someone I work with does too. And like every Tuesday, we're just like in the office, like whispering furiously about who we think people are related to, because that's the whole premise. Yes, it's the
0: it's the it's the related to show. Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. I love that show so much. Um, but I don't. Yeah, like I gotta find something to get into. Uh,
0: I'm excited because next week the the next season of Star Trek Lower Decks starts. And I love Lower Decks. Lower Decks is such a funny treat of a show. So excited about that. It's feels like the entire staff of that show is all people who I used to see do improv at UCB in the early 2000s. Mm -hmm. So more than happy to watch that. Um, Yeah, and maybe I'll take Cole Sprouse's advice and watch Euphoria
1: yeah you know i'm looking through my little tv app right now and i feel like everything i really like is in its season finales oh you know what 11 days season two of welcome to wrexham
0: oh let's talk about welcome to wrexham for a second
1: absolutely
0: i'm not a sports guy i this documentary about the two hollywood bigwigs who bought a small town Welsh football team has won my heart. What a show. I,
1: my mom does not care for sports at all. I did uh years ago get her into Friday Night Lights, which is a, another show about sports for people that don't like sports. Yes. Um and my dad likes some sports but notoriously hates soccer and they both have, like, Wrexham gear and, like, follow Wrexham now thanks to this show. Like,
2: oh.
1: it, it's, you know, it's a little engine that could story and with funny people in charge.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, so the two celebs that bought this team to try to bring it into a different league uh, so that it would get proper funding. Because when football teams are doing well, I know this all from the documentary, when football teams are doing well... <laughs> in like small towns in the uk it can be a really good boost for the the town in terms of tourism in terms of business in terms of just the morale of the town like it's really good for them so uh the two celebrities are ryan reynolds uh from the film van wilder in case you're unfamiliar with his work yeah, and he was
1: one of the two guys with a girl in the pizza place as that's well. That's
0: correct, yes. And those are his only two major well, credits. Those are his
1: only two credits, yeah. It's actually pretty impressive that he had enough money to buy this soccer team with only At, those two things.
0: Absolutely, yes. And one of the greatest comedic minds of his generation, the marvelous, splendid, stupendous, man of my dreams, Rob McElhenney. <laughs> yeah. Um, the creator of Always Sunny in Philadelphia who, in my mind, can do no wrong.
1: <laughs> and for him, quite literally, like, nothing else.
0: You mean, like, terms- it was a joke
1: with Ryan Reynolds, but like with Rob McElhaney, I'm like, yeah, that's kind of.
0: Well, he, kinda you know, it. he created and stars in Mythic Quest.
1: Sure, I did forget about Mythic Quest.
0: Yeah, Mythic Quest is good. Mythic Quest is actually yeah. great and yeah. is a little bit of a under the radar show. In my opinion, it's not talked about a lot. It also was a yeah. show where there was a major COVID outbreak where they were filming the second season, and it was like, "Oh my god!" Oh, yeah, Ooh, yeah. yeah. But luckily, that was the season that F. Marie Abraham, who was a character on that show, luckily, mm-hmm. um, yeah, he only appeared via Zoom for that season
1: because <laughs> yeah, he's a little older. <laughs> yeah,
0: that would have been really bad.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is a good, uh, a good promotion of the show coming from you because I know that. Me, like, hyping something sports is, like, worthless. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but me hyping anything involving fucking comic book characters is useless, so. We even out in that way, like. I will, you know, like,
1: I will I'm turn I'm loving this the into... new
0: Superman anime, but, like, that doesn't necessarily mean anything, you know. I
1: will, I will turn this into a Kate moment and say that they have been supporting the women's team as well in Wrexham, and they also were promoted.
0: Yes, which is very exciting. Yeah. Oh. All right, well, we're gonna get to that panel discussion in just a moment, so stay tuned. All right, everybody, we're pretty excited because we're joined for this final episode of XOXO Riverdale by an esteemed panel of Riverdale (laughs) freaks and geeks, pals and gals. Uh, So we're going to introduce them one by one, so you can all say hi. First up, we have, oh, now I need to scroll over and look at this. My apologies, listeners. All right, so we have one of the hosts of Riverdale After Dark, as well as the long-running comic book club podcast and the managing editor for Decider. It's Alex Albin. Say hi, Alex. (laughs)
7: Hi. I was about to do the hi Alex joke,
0: but I I
7: didn't do it. So there you
0: go. <laughs> yeah, you choked at the last minute. Uh, <laughs> I did. Alex, in his email to me, said that he wanted, he was resisting the urge to be introduced as, as Joker. Um, yeah. And I'm glad, I'm glad we're not doing that because I'm, yeah. that, that scene in that movie was too scary for me, so
7: all of my jokes are going to be about how i'm not doing jokes and then we do the jokes anyway just, I love know, it. Just to give a little <laughs> preview
0: that's always that's very good for an audio format to really announce it for people <laughs> yeah
7: <laughs> this is what i'm doing now
0: <laughs> yeah exactly um all right next up we have the host of the supernatural opinions podcast let's give it up for kj kj What's your last name?
3: <laughs> um, I don't, I don't do a last name. Oh, I you're just, just known as KJ.
0: Yeah. That's perfect then. That's fine. Yeah. I just want to make like sure you Madonna. Be... Iconic,
2: sure. yeah. <laughs> I've got no anyway.
1: notes. I wish I did that.
0: So KJ is the host of the Supernatural Opinions Podcast. Say hello, KJ.
3: Yeah, hi. I'm, I'm so excited to be here um, and talk about a different CW show that <laughs> made me feel crazy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Next up. We have an actor-writer-comedian who has been seen on Spike TV, TV Land, Style Network, Travel Channel, True TV, and Funnier Die. You may have seen him. This is, look this up if you haven't seen it because it's pretty delightful. As Kevin the Bisexual on the season five premiere of Billy on the Streets, which is now streaming on Max. He's written for Heave Magazine and Geeks Out and co-hosts the Geeks Out podcast. He's also the vice-pres of Geeks Out, and he's performed at all of the theaters in New York, where New York comedy rats like himself perform. UCB, The Magnet, Gotham Comedy Club, The Pit, probably a few shows in the absolutely dilapidated uh, Triple Crown basement. Let's give it up for Kevin Gilligan.
8: I, like i sent that to you and i was like eh, he's probably gonna trim it but no you read it uh word for word
0: and i just want to say on the air for when people look up the billy eichner clip you handle billy so well we're so proud of you kevin
8: <laughs> thank you thank you uh I, I handle i handle much like riverdale uh chaotic bisexual energy pretty well yes so. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, Next up, we have, she was just on the podcast a few episodes ago, giving some really, really, really smart knowledge into our musical episode. Uh, She is a part-time baker, but she's a full-time Riverdale enthusiast. Let's welcome back Jenna Palm.
6: Hello. Everybody is very impressive, by the way. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) This is just my life.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, bios, it's like everybody tries to really, you know, my that article about from from me and the, on the Today Show website, being a Riverdale expert, my aunt said to my mom this week, Louie's getting so well known. And it's like, no, no, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what's happening.
6: <laughs> in a niche corner of the Internet, you are, Louie.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Last but absolutely not least. We've got, she's also been on the show before. We've got an exe- uh, executive in development. Is that your title? Is that right?
9: <laughs> That's sort of my side hustle, is development person, but uh, I'm yeah. the, the um, head of programming and acquisitions.
0: That's right. You're the head of programming and acquisitions for the Common Sense Network's streaming network. Sensical. Let's give it up for Bethany Bowles, longtime listener of the show. Hi, Bethany.
9: Hi. Oh, what a treat to be
0: back. Oh, it's great to have you for our final episode. All right, let's get into it. Um, my first question is for Alex. So Alex, this is, you know, as the geeks like to say, a question in two parts. The first part is what drew you to the show in the first place?
7: Oh, OK, we're not doing both parts and then going back to it. No, I'm going so to first. The... <clears throat> Oh the the second part is going to be like a sneak question. It's going to be like the gotcha part of it. I get I don't it. think it's too so, much of a surprise for you. <laughs> no, I I know. I I think I can figure it out. But uh I originally went to this because I think I I mean I've always liked comics. I've read comics since I was a kid and I always like Archie comics. I you know, I had a very good time. I remember distinctly one of my best friends when I was growing up had tons of Archie, Archie Digests. And when I'd go to sleepovers at his house, I'd stay up late reading the Digest, wake up early, read the Digests. So I was always kind of obsessed with Archie Comics. And the dot, 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 later on, I'm an entertainment reporter covering Upfronts. And I went to the CW Upfront, which I always loved doing back in the day when, you know, there was a CW. And uh, they... Would really do it up and they'd show off wild trailers they'd have musical performances and everything and they showed the first trailer for riverdale like we knew it was coming for a while but i and i kind of knew sort of what the show was about and certainly know what roberto Aguirre sacasa had done for the comics and that he had done chilling adventures of sabrina and afterlife with archie so he had this very transgressive take on them but nothing prepared me for that trailer and I was completely blown away. I could not believe that they were killing off Jason Blossom. Archie's having sex. All of this stuff is going on. I got sent the first couple of screeners, and I was like, okay, I can't hold up to that trailer. And then it did. And that's that's where I, I was suckered in. And, and add in that I'd been doing Comic Book Club, this live show focusing on comic books. I told my co-host Pete and Justin about this and said, this show's wild we haven't done any TV recap podcast. What if we tried doing that one just for like a couple of weeks or something like that? And 169 episodes later, here we are, as you probably well know. So there you go.
0: Well, that's, I mean, that's sort of an interesting thing I feel about the relationships between just a little bit between these two podcasts that I do want to note is that I think we're the only two podcasts left there might be like one or two others that i've found that have covered the entire series Louis, a lot of we people won. dropped off I, it's kind of we how, won kate do you feel we the same it. way do you feel like we kind of beat <laughs> the system by doing this
1: i all the time i'm like it it's not a competition but it's absolutely a competition <laughs> because we won if we yeah. if there have been like a ton of them i've been like it's not a competition but like with just two of us i'm like oh yeah no we're Kings and Queens
0: of the genre. Yeah, like, (laughs) I was just going to say. Well, I I
7: just wanted to say, not to interrupt, but like on a positive or maybe negative positive note, I do want to say that I used to listen to a ton of Riverdale podcasts. I love listening to the other ones. I'll shout out Dial M for Maple, the AV Club's podcast. I love listening to them. And it was always a bummer when people dropped off because you could feel like well, the interest in the show waiting overall and the interest in outlets in covering it in that particular case, because I guess, you know, the AV club was pivoting directions and it wasn't quite working for them. I'm just assuming stuff here, but it was a bummer because it felt like this big community of, oh my gosh, everybody's talking about this thing. And as much as it feels like, yeah, we did it. We stuck it out to the end. I wish everybody could have stuck it out for the end.
0: Oh yeah. I, 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 I want to put a pin in that because I want us to have a bigger conversation later on in this uh, in this podcast about why the interest waned. (laughs) Um, So my my follow up question for you is how are you feeling about this wrapping up?
7: Uh, I want to make a joke about genie. I'm free, but I, again, I'm I'm gonna say the jokes and then I'm gonna walk them back and not actually say them. No, I I think bummed. Like, of course I'm bummed. It was a huge chunk of my life and most of our lives, certainly in terms of watching the show. Um, I loved talking about it. I loved writing about it. So, I always, I always had fun doing that. Like it, the interest waiting thing. If we're gonna talk about that later, didn't really matter to me because. I would have talked about it to nobody and written about it for nobody to read it, and sometimes that's what it felt like we were doing, but I had a great time doing it. So to not have that outlet anymore is very sad to me, It, but maybe I'm jumping ahead here. I was satisfied with the ending. Like I was very satisfied with the ending. I thought it hit a lot of really wonderful notes that took the sh- not just the show out, but also the actors, like you could see them caring about it through the screen and Camila Mendes's voice cracking at certain points in the episode. So just to feel that raw emotion on TV, I thought was really beautiful and really wonderful and made me feel closure. Uh, the other little bit that I'll say there, and I know I'm, again, probably really jumping ahead here, but I think Going back to the beginning, Roberto Aguirre-Sacasa always told the story that Greg Berlanti told him before the first season. What you do with the season is you don't end it with the last episode. You end it with the second to last episode so you can deal with the fallout of the emotions of the last episode. So you wrap up the plot in the second to last one and then do the emotional stuff. And I mentioned that here because I think that's what they did not just for the cast, but also for the viewers. Like they've spent the last, uh, three from the end, they wrapped up the murder mystery, wild Riverdale plot. Mm-hmm. Two from the end, they wrapped up the memory plot and got that out of the way and still had a ton of emotion in that episode. And then the last episode was just about feeling goodbye, and that's it. And to have that slow off-rep to a wild show like Riverdale, I think shows a remarkable use of structure for the season, for the episodes. Um, so this is a long way of saying end of the day I'm sad to see it go but I feel very satisfied with the end of the show
0: yeah so I want to open this up to the panel now how did you guys any fun stories about finding the show what made you start watching this
6: I mean for me I just like I liked Archie Comics growing up and I saw the CW had an Archie show and I was like oh my god Betty Cooper is gonna be on my TV And that's just kind of like the thread I've had my entire time watching Riverdale is how much I love Betty. And it hooked me. Like you see the pilot, it hooks you. And it's just like, I couldn't stop watching after that. I would watch it with my older sister and we'd talk about it. And it was great.
0: And follow a question to that, the salacious elements of the pilot, the transgressive stuff, did that make you as, as a young person, did it draw you more in? Or was it a little like, okay I get it it's you know a a soap and it's dark so Archie's going to be having this affair with Miss Grundy you know what I mean like how did you feel about that as a younger viewer watching it
6: I think it drew me in because I had no clue why they were doing it I don't think I was expecting it to be like oh goody like Archie in the 50s but I certainly wasn't expecting Archie to have an affair with a teacher or there to be a dead kid or all the stuff with Kevin and Moose in the pilot. <laughs> like, yes. none of that I was prepared for. But it just made me all the more intrigued to continue on.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, what anybody else, uh, when they started watching their initial impressions and sort of how that shifted to now that the show has ended?
3: I mean, I was in the target demographic, I think, for CW Teen Shows. I was, like, in my senior year of high school when the show started. Everybody was watching it in my school. Um, It's just, yeah, I mean, I also grew up reading Archie as a kid. And, like, I was the prime target for, like, I was a Supernatural fan. I was, like, watching other shows on the CW, like Jane the Virgin. And now I can't think of any others, but there was a few. And, like, (laughs) that were just, like, on um, at that time and before that that I was, like, really interested in. So, like, I really was just, like, the higher audience for this but yeah
0: yeah yeah we you know this is we talk about this a lot on our podcast but we're really lamenting the end of the CW as a network and as a format with the end of Riverdale that's sort of that's incredibly sad and weird that there's not going to be cool fun transgressive shows pop culture shows like this for young people made what are you talking about there's going to be live golf <laughs> and they're also important about jesus they're importing like (laughs) multiple shows from canada that my canadian comedian friends all work on so like that's great but i'm gonna you know i'm gonna and i'm gonna miss the uh i'm gonna miss the Arrowverse as well you know just shut out
1: live golf (laughs) merged back with the pga which blindsided like, every golfer in the country, and I get the feeling, like, the CW didn't know about it either, <laughs> and that, like, now they don't have Live Golf because it merged back with PGA and it's back to, like, ESPN, and they, like, the one thing they really went all in on just got, like, pulled out from under them, so maybe they'll be back to teen drama. Uh, Watching every show get canceled
3: this season was just, like, one hit after the other. Um, they really kind of deserve it i think this yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's,
0: it's been weird yeah and it's sad, know, and it is sad
8: the, the cw is you know they're still finding themselves you know they they had a so they started off really well and then you know then they had like a some weird moments kind of like riverdale and you know may, maybe it'll end well i don't know like i <laughs> i started it I started it just because I'm a sucker for, you know, teen genre shows and, you know, things were based in comics. And uh, I mean, shit, I, I watched the Archie's uh, made for TV movie uh, from to like Riverdale
7: 19- and, to Riverdale and back again. That oh, was. Yeah. oh the, yeah. The, uh, the, the, the Jughead rap.
0: Jughead rapping. Yes, this is we have we have okay. uh, we have I've played it for Kate on the show and had her do a live reaction. As a matter of fact. <laughs> Uh, spoiler alert, her reaction wasn't great. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, to Riverdale Shocked. and back again.
8: Shocked. <laughs> um, but I also like, I, I enjoyed that uh, Kevin Keller, who was a at the time relatively new character to the Riverdale universe in comics, uh, was going to be introduced and was going to be a, a, like a regular on the show. And so being able to, you know, see yourself uh, in a show, in a world that started off um, very cookie cutter and very like uh, white bread and all American uh, to more accurately, as accurately as as Archie Comics can uh, reflect the world around us. Um, Like I was excited to be able to see... uh, a. Kevin's storyline uh, in the series for what it was <laughs> what it eventually became So,
0: yeah yeah, we, we talked about that a little bit in the last podcast about sort of the way they ended Kevin's arc was like actually very moving and, and uh, very uh, affirming for me Surprise, kind of surprisingly after all the cruising and Oregon farms and cults KJ want to ask you the next question how does the Riverdale fandom compare to perhaps some other CW or other sort of TV fandoms that are out there? How do you how do you feel about the similarities and differences?
3: I mean, truly, nothing can compare to the supernatural fandom. It is so massive and so divided on so many different fronts. Um, I do feel like the and the Riverdale fandom feels like a really weird mashup of like very young. People and very old people um, on two different ends. Like there are a lot of people who I just assume are like 12 um, somehow watching this show. <laughs> that is clearly not for 12-year-olds. Um but it's it's been it's been interesting to see like in one part of the fandom, there's like a very like nuanced discussion about queerness and media happening. And then another section of the fandom, like there's just arguing about who Archie's gonna end up with or who Betty's gonna end up with like it's two very different types of consumption happening there which I think is true in a lot of fandoms but it's just sometimes very jarring especially now that the show has like come to an end there's been such discussion about where people ended up
0: <laughs> well a lot of people like super pissed off that Archie didn't choose and it's like uh that's actually amazing that they respected the character enough to like not have him end up with someone who was in high school like he was with in high school you know like not this show showing restraint <laughs> well, you <laughs> Remarkable. know that, that's the whole final episode you know we kind of think that the peaks and valleys of the show that the show didn't maybe deserve such a thoughtful ending and and alex like just to backtrack for a second, I totally agree with you that the pacing specifically of the back half of this season was like really a shocking turnaround from some stuff that we've seen before in terms of the way seasons have ended on the show. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
7: Um, I, I did want to actually say something. Sorry about yeah, the uh, last thing you said, and I'm completely blanking up what it was, but there is a very important point that I had. It was, I, about, I was, you were I was talking, talking about, about the, the...
0: the peaks and valleys of the show and, how, and the pacing of the final season and how remarkable it was.
7: Yeah, I think, oh, oh, I remember what it was. You were saying about how brave it was that Archie didn't choose anybody and you, KJ, were mentioning the fandom. I'm not sure if everybody here is aware that the fandom has decided that Archie did end up with either Betty or Veronica and has the clues to prove it. I I don't know if you're aware of these theories. Um, There's a lot, (laughs) I'm going to put evidence in quotes here because I think ultimately, One of the great things about the finale, I think, is you can take it in whatever direction you want. Like, it's legitimately interpreted however you want, and you are correct. But (laughs) if you're a Barchie fan, Betty and Archie, there's old Betty in her room has multiple pictures of Archie, including one in a heart. There's also part of the theory is that... At the end, when Archie's like, here's your the strawberry milkshake, your favorite, going back in the series, that's actually Archie's favorite milkshake, which indicates to fans that, oh, this is Betty and Archie ending up together, their afterlife endgame. End and also it's gone as far to be like, because she's an old woman who's living through her memories, she has Alzheimer's and doesn't remember when she's talking about the sweet, strong woman that he marries, that that's oh, Betty. On. That she's seems like a real herself.
0: garbage stretch to me. Throw it all. There's, a, there's, like a, lo- there's a, a
7: lot better. of stretches here. There's a lot of stretches here. On the <laughs> other end of the spectrum, the other side of the fandom, to KJ's point about like just chip war is still going on a week and a half later or whatever this is. That because Veronica and Archie ended up in California, and Jughead and Betty ended up in New York, both working in magazine publishing. There's a whole section of the fandom that was like, oh yeah. Varchi ended up together in California because we don't know who Veronica actually married. She's the sweet, strong woman that he married. And then, meanwhile, in New York, maybe Chuck Ped and Buddy never got married, but of course they got together a bunch of times because they were in magazine publishing. They were at the Pulitzer Awards or whatever and hooked up a bunch of times or things like that. So, not to belabor fan theories, but it's it's ongoing and it's never going to stop. <laughs>
0: I think this is actually a good little segue into the next question that I had. This this question is for Bethany. So Bethany, you work in TV. You do see a lot of different types of projects come across your desk. I know that you work in a different section of TV. Bethany mainly specializes in kids' media. That being said, though, uh, I do want to ask you, like... Did you feel after all is said and done that Riverdale is what makes good TV?
9: Uh, that is a big question. Yeah. Um cuz it it really depends on your definition of good.
0: Um Well well I sort of want to I, ask you from a development perspective, you know, yeah, like you sort of look yeah. at it in retrospect now, you know?
9: Yeah, I mean, I think we're all aligned in in acknowledging that the first couple of seasons were extremely strong and i would argue yes objectively good television like they they of course they had their moments where it got a little off off the wall but it, that that doesn't bother me so much because it is very much like its own ecosystem this isn't the reality in which we live um and then we know that the middle seasons just totally lost the plot literally um And it just, it didn't, it it was so clear that, at least to me, I, I think that a lot of people were not having fun. They felt handcuffed by a lot of things. They felt like they didn't know who they were supposed to be serving. And I think the show suffered as a result, but it really did rebound so beautifully. And this last season, especially I've been thinking about this a lot, um, really since the penultimate episode, I've been thinking about the fact that You know, yeah, it felt a little heavy handed with some of the social justice stuff uh, um, throughout the season. Not that it's not super important to talk about. And, uh, you know, again, I liked that it that it did seem to serve its two biggest demographics at the same time. You know, it could serve the older demographic by saying, hey, this is what's important to kids right now. But it's also saying to the kids, we see what's important to you. And we want, to, we want to reflect that in the show that we're making. And we, we are honoring youth in that way, I guess. And the thing that really kind of brought it home for me and did make me feel a little bit emotional was when I had this realization, and this could be give, me giving the show way too much credit, but I think what they were doing by giving everybody this kind of happy, empowered ending was, hey, listen, youth audience, you are living through an extremely traumatic time and you have gone through tremendous strain and struggle over these formative years of your life. And we want to show you that it's, I'm not going to say like it gets better, but that there is there is still room for a happy ending. Like, you know, it, it, it could be so cynical, but it doesn't have to be. And you know, not that we could actually go back to the 50s and create this suddenly very like sex positive, liberated, you know, 10 years ahead of its time thing. But um, yeah, I mean, I felt like it was it was really nice to, to say, hey, kids, there is some comfort coming to you. And um, I think that's really lovely.
0: Hmm. Yeah, no, very, very, very well put. I do want to backtrack something you said in the middle of your answer for the entire panel because we haven't done a lot of this on our show personally. Do we have any defenders here, staunch defenders of some of the middle seasons of this show that we found hard? I'm talking about the farm season. I'm talking about the Griffins and Gargoyles season. I'm talking about the time jump season. We are not talking about the Superpowers season, which Kate I had a blast with, <laughs> and we're not talking about the uh, Archie 55 season, which we also had a real good time with. Um, you know, and certainly not, you know, season one, Jason Jason Blossom mystery, and season two, Black Hood, Richard Kind season, those are both really good seasons um We still maintain that Richard Kind was the Black Hood, despite what happened on the show, because his eyes—you can tell it's—you can tell it's Richard. You can
1: tell,
0: kind tell him. Yeah, it's like eyes. him,
1: moved like him. It was really—it was definitely Richard Kind. <laughs> yeah, sounded
0: like him. It's—it's it's clearly Richard Kind. Do you, we have any defenders of those I, seasons will, elements of those seasons?
9: Yes, I will come. To, this is Bethany for those listening at home um i will come to the the defense of certain aspects of those middle seasons i liked when they went into some of the backstory of some of our favorite characters like i actually really liked that bottle episode they did that was like that mobster flashback with uh, reggie's dad like i loved that stuff yeah i thought that Um, was
0: great I agree. Yeah.
9: Um, and it gave just a little more depth and context to some of the more insane things going on with Reggie in that season with, you know, Dorito chips time. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I like that. I, I did kind of like Griffins and Gargoyles. I, I liked, I loved the flashback episodes with the core characters playing their parents. I thought that was super fun. Like there were always, I think that's for me what made it so hard is there were always these like nuggets of promise in all of these seasons that it's like, if they had just given this a little more time and care, maybe it could have been something that felt a little more cohesive. Or if, I don't know, the writers were talking to each other. Cause sometimes it seems to me like none of the writers ever talked to each other. Um, and that they didn't plan ahead. I mean, that that was the thing that was the most evident is that from from day one in the writer's room, they were not thinking about day 100. So
0: also but, something yeah. we talked about a lot, too, is just how difficult like 22 episode orders are and how this show really might have probably benefited from being 12 episode orders for the entire series and how nice and compact and that would have felt. So just just want to throw that out there as well. Yeah.
9: And one more, one more thing, just, to, yes, just to put this all into a little bit of context, just like thinking, and now you've got me into like TV nerd history, so I'm like yeah. in the sweet spot here. But like, I mean, you got to go back and look at other long running dramas from throughout history, many of which ran way longer than this, like, there have got to be some stinker seasons of shows that continued to be ma- massively popular, and whether it's whether it was a sitcom or a you know, or or a or a drama. Um, you know, so I, I think we're 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 especially harsh on this show because it was so bonkers. But also, you know, I, I think they did. They, uh, you would be hard pressed to find a series that ran this long that didn't have some weak spots <laughs> somewhere in the middle.
0: Yeah, where there was not an, uh, an organ harvesting plotline. Yeah, in the middle. Yeah, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Kevin want to ask you the next question. Sure. Um, one of the things uh, Kevin helps run an organization as the vice president that's uh, supposed to be inclusive in the world of geek culture and bring the LGBT community together uh, in their shared loves of uh, geeky stuff. Uh, I think I described that pretty well, right? That's pretty much the mission of Geeks Out.
8: Yeah, we, you know, we seek to rally and empower and promote the queer community and geek culture, uh, going yeah. to conventions, providing safe space, uh, hosting panels and, ev- and events. And we also, uh, created and organized the world's largest and longest running queer comics and pop culture convention called FlameCon.
0: Yes. Yes. Uh, FlameCon, which always super rules, which is the best. So that being said, this is Kevin's opinion and not Geeks Out's official opinion. Correct. Do you feel that <laughs> Riverdale was authentically queer? How do you feel as a queer? I mean, we've been texting about a lot about this this, this yeah. season.
8: Um, I feel that in its early seasons, it did not. Like, it... Uh, Kevin ended up being sort of tokenized in certain ways, and then um, you could you could see it with like Casey like being like, okay, so like what am I doing? Like <laughs> they would be like, so what is, what is Kevin doing? And then uh, they uh, introduced uh, um, Tony uh, into it. And It's like okay, so there's a little more queerness happening you know, beyond just Kevin and Moose who disappears for a while. And is he back? Maybe. I don't know. Um, But I think, I mean, honestly, like all of that, like I. All that I can forgive because of the last season, just because of how queer it was like it just. the, The whole the whole show ends is just like, you know what? Screw it. Everyone's queer. Every, everyone, everyone is, every, everyone's a little bit queer. Uh, uh Reg, Reggie, Archie, yep, yep. They, uh, they, you know, they, they definitely, you know, hooked up together. Uh, with uh, a sex worker. Uh, uh, Archie's mom, yeah, no, totally. She's a, you know, late, in, late in life lesbian, or you know, uh, she's uh, bi or pan. Um, every, everyone, everyone is queer. Let's just do it. And I was like, yeah, it, it was great. And I don't I'm sure you probably did. Um, what was interesting was like there there was deleted scenes uh in terms of like what happened to everyone who at the end, like you know, what happened to everyone's lives uh, yeah, we, after afterwards. Time. yeah, yeah. um and like even having like because we had like that moment where Kevin sees his dad and Archie's uncle uh, together is what we're left to infer. Um, and then, like, the extended cut says, like, oh, yeah, no, they they died from a bad trick. Like...
0: How do you um, think about
8: that? It was... Yeah. I mean... It's, it's kind of, like it's a very pack mountain, uh, ending. Like, it's just like sort of cribbing from that of like, uh, what, what happens to Jake Gyllenhaal's character spoilers for a very old movie. Um, uh, in that he dies from a trick gone bad, you know? Um, but that also that it was Betty's, um, brother, uh, yeah, chick, chick that, yeah that 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 killed them so i don't know it, it yeah, at that point it's just kind of par for course with that because it, it's like everything with them making everyone queer i was like great awesome awesome cool and then that moment i was like oh there's the riverdale there it is <laughs> there's that riverdale moment of you know oh okay these these like homophobic uh closeted self-hating uh queers they 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 died off camera uh, by um, this other problematic queer character. So
0: Mm, I love it. All right. One last question for our individual panelists before we just get to our slightly, you know, more sprawled out convo, Jenna. So you were in high school when the show started. You loved the characters. You're particularly a Betty fan now you are out of college and like i feel like you know your life has changed quite a lot and yeah like how do you feel about the way that you've changed and how do you feel about the way the show's changed and how do you feel about the way you used to watch the show as a teenager versus the way you watch like the final season as just like a like adult person out in the world
6: I mean so the show came out like right after I turned 18 so I was in like the second half of my senior year of college and I was just like drastically like not naive but like kind of naive and everything was dandy and great in the first season I took like so seriously and of course like I was younger and like shipping was such a big thing for me I was hardcore into bughead. um <laughs> And like as the show progressed and I was in college and have access to like a TV really and nobody, not many people in my colleges were watching Riverdale. What a shocker. Um, I I kind of fell off a little after in like season three, season four, but I kept coming back because it was kind of something where I'm like, this is, I can turn my mind off. And that's kind of like the mentality I came into later where I can just have fun. I can sit down for an hour and not care and hear like the craziest dialogue known to man and not have to think like super critically all the time and go and be like, "Well, wow, this like compare it to like, how people talk to su- about succession. It's never going to be like that. Mm. <laughs> That's fine. And like, I would tell people like, you know, I like Riverdale, even in this day and age, it's a very mixed reaction of like, I can't believe you do that. Or people being like, interesting. Why? <laughs> and <laughs> still the best part of it when it was on was like after an episode i would like my sister stopped watching it with me a while ago i would text her and be like so all these crazy things happened my favorite thing is seeing people's reactions because it's like so yeah it ended with betty veronica jughead and archie in like a quad so like no i mean some people saw it coming not everybody did and just like their atomic bomb episode that was crazy the p-bomb loved that like I think as I grew, I just accepted it as what it is. as entertainment, and it just made me so happy. So having it end was, like, devastating to me.
0: Great, and seg- it still kind of is. Great segue! I want to talk about... I want to ask everybody, how are we all feeling? This is the beginning of our fun free-for-all time in this panel. How are we all feeling now that the show is done?
9: Um, I, I I found. Oh, sorry. Oh no, go ahead. Um, I found myself feeling way more emotional than I thought I was going to. Which, Louis, I think you said the same thing uh, last week. And um, yeah, it it because you know we love to laugh about how ridiculous the show is, but it just has been this like strange thread that ties a certain population together and so now it's like well what do we watch now even though there's like infinite tv (laughs) um but I mean and for me and this is gonna now we're getting into sappy town USA like this watching this show has been a way for me to keep in touch with my good friend Louis Perlman um I did I I said this the last time I was on the show but like I started watching Riverdale because of you, Louie. And so that I could listen to your podcast. (laughs) So I, uh, you know, this whole, like, beyond just watching the show, this has been a really lovely way for for us to have something to talk about beyond all the other mutual interests we have. Um, But then also, like, I realized, yeah, I I am going to miss these characters. And I think being able to see this last season um show some some extra range from all of the actors has been like yeah i want to see these people do more things and it it's totally okay that it won't be on riverdale um but like i'm going to miss my appointment viewing with with these particular characters and actors so yeah i i feel a little a little sad hmm. a little bit sad about it
7: i did want to add on because i i think i already gave my emotional reaction i am sad and continue to be sad uh but what bethany was saying in terms of like i don't know if you used exactly these words but this kind of being our thing the population who is saying goodbye to that that's definitely a thing that i've been feeling over the past week and a half in in various respects like what these are so insular and so stupid but things like on twitter or x or whatever calling it now the like pop bases and whatever posting like riverdale is now over and getting millions of likes i was like no you haven't been watching it that's ours you leave it alone this is our time to mourn and then i don't know if you all saw they had this i don't think you call it an estate sale because it's not a person who died but they put all the props and costumes up for everything for sale and i saw so many fans just posting different TikTok clips that people were putting up like, hey, I don't even really watch Riverdale, but these clothes are cute. Maybe I'll wear them for Halloween. And everybody on Twitter was like, I want to die right now. Please just (laughs) let me go to Vancouver. Please let me buy this. And I legitimately had the same sort of reaction where I was like, I'm a grown adult. I'm not going to get upset about this. But at the same time, like that is something Cheryl wore and you're not allowed to just pick it off of a rack and put it in your closet. That belongs to us, all hmm. of us. Give it to
9: Also, us. how dare you be small enough to fit into Cheryl's that's, that's <laughs> No, we're not body shaming here. We're not body shaming here. <laughs> that was a bit. That was just a bit. Um, <laughs> but was
0: it? Uh <laughs> just want to add to that just for funsies um i saw on the riverdale no no context twitter feed that someone is selling the napkins from the palladium mm-hmm. at like exorbitant prices <laughs>
7: that's the other thing that's driving me insane i really did, we should not spend too much time on this i'm so no, sorry it's I fine <laughs> uh, all of these ebay auctions of like babylonium casino chips and napkins and things that they clearly picked up at this sale mm-hmm. and are trying to sell successfully for hundreds of dollars to fans who are not able to go to this thing, that bums me out so hard because there are fans who would be like, yeah, I'd love to have a Babylonian chip that I picked up for one buck and I put it on my shelf and I remember the show, but instead these jerks went there, bought the stuff at mass and now they're making a killing on eBay. It's, it's a bummer. I mean, I understand that's the way of the world and that's the way these things work, but as a Riverdale fan specifically, it stinks.
0: Well Alex, let me tell you something, I lived in Vancouver for four years, and Mm -hmm. I'd say the only good thing that those people have is that they got to go to that sale, (laughs) because boy, what a pit, what a pit Vancouver is, I'm joking, Vancouver is one of the most gorgeous (laughs) cities in the world, and I miss it every day of my life, (laughs) but maybe we have to take that attitude, because how dare they got to go to that warehouse in Langley, in Langley, British Columbia, (laughs) And buy all those serpents' jackets.
9: <laughs> but I guess, you know, if they're selling them for a couple hundred bucks and you factor in how much it would have cost you to actually go to Vancouver and go to the sale, you, you know, maybe That's it true. evens out. But also, I totally hear you.
7: I but, did I did ask my wife about that. When I saw the sale popping, I was like, should I go to Vancouver for two days? And she looked at me <laughs> like, what? What are you talking <laughs> about? I was like, oh, I'm just kidding. This was just a joke I was making. It wasn't a joke. I can share that.
8: <laughs> uh, it was, I will say, like, because of how this final season uh, came out, because it was so delayed, um, which was, like, the nature of pandemic, but also, like, the nature of the death of the cw as we knew it um it it is it's the end of like it, it is the actual end of what was the cw this was like the last of that of those shows that came out necessarily like there's you know they still they renewed three shows in total uh all american all american homecoming and superman and lois but like those series um we're all fairly relatively new in comparison to a lot of the other sort of like long running shows, especially like the, the Arrowverse. And, um, also it being like, you know, from Greg Berlanti, um, like it's, I, I, like, I, I feel sad because it's, it's over. And also that newer audiences aren't going to have that same experience because I don't think that that's going to come back. Like, I don't think, you know, the CW is not going to... Unless something drastically changes, nothing is going to be the same in terms of that. You you know, the CW, you could have, like, these sort of, like, genre shows that are, you know... um, They're to appeal to a younger audience, but, like, they also maybe lower stakes you know like okay so maybe it's not like getting like a million views per episode uh on broadcast but like it's got a like a a very like fervent fan base um that is loyal to it and you know gets all of these numbers and like repeat views like on uh other streaming platforms and you know buying of like season you know uh seasons on dvd you know um and like i think this is like the end of that and I, that's really that's really sad uh that we're not going to have that especially like given like with the strikes and everything going on like a lot of these the streamers are are making bank on shows like this that people are watching and rewatching and rewatching, and you know um it's yeah it's just sad so
0: yeah you know and we talked about this quite a lot but just this is also the end of younger people having a teen drama in their lives that they identify with and there's actually a long running TV history of that and certainly there's still shows, you know, like Euphoria for sure, but yeah, yeah totally and like euphoria is its own thing and like is not representative of what most teenagers are going through but one could argue the same about riverdale you know in certain ways <laughs> as well right but
8: i mean it's it's river if it's if riverdale had hbo's uh you know budget and uh loose uh, uh lens yeah. yeah yeah
0: the hbo lens like
1: i've talked about this before but it's It's a show about teens, but it's safe for tweens in a way that like Euphoria isn't. That's right. And there's it's been slowly creeping older. Like there's no Lizzie McGuire equivalent anymore. And then we had these like O.C. Dawson Creeks one. And this is kind of the last of that. Yeah. And it kind of it's the go away. It's what's going away with like basic cable and broadcast dramas. Because everything just like can be so much edgier, but it's really like leaving behind a generation not just in you know this thing that binds us like comparing it to Dawson's Creek and the teen shows of these years but there's just no
9: content for that age anymore I can speak to that um just being in the kids media industry like I, I I've seen this trend and it's just accelerating and I think this is kind of what you were getting at Kate was that over the years um, kids have been aging out of made for kids content at younger and younger ages so you have you know 9 10 11 year olds watching stranger things which mm-hmm. you know is, is sort of in that middle ground i mean it's extremely violent and um and scary so you know i think there are a lot of kids who are of that that you know late elementary early middle school age who would like it but a lot who really wouldn't and yeah yeah, is there is there a middle ground is there going to be a middle ground because you know the studios are after their bottom line uh, at the end of the day they don't really care about the fans unfortunately which is i think kind of what part of what got us into this mess with the strikes to begin with but one thing that i noticed and i wonder if anybody else noticed this and not to segue too much, but like, so I, I would always watch Riverdale on the CW app on my connected TV. And as a programming executive, I know a lot of the, you know, thought that goes behind how things are placed when you turn on the app. And I noticed that almost never was Riverdale anywhere near the first couple of, you know, slots I always had to scroll way down deep. And even when they were airing their finale, I had to scroll like several, um, you know, several uh, tiles in just to get to Riverdale. So that says to me that either CW didn't care too much about the show or people weren't watching it as much as we think they were. Because, you know, when you're when you're building a a, you know a programming grid. you're laying out a library like that usually you put the things that you know people are going to click on first in the front and center um you know unless there's a specific reason you're trying to promote something so i'm really curious to know what the thought process was with how they programmed it on there and what that says about how the cw felt about the show and if anybody uh, else has thoughts about that
7: uh, i mean i would throw out there i think you're probably right on both counts one thing and this is a, a fair amount of assumption on my part, but like we've been talking about, the CW has moved on to sort of a critch at all of these acquired programs from Canada. And that's what, That's what they want. They want to bring down costs and they want to have programs and they want to move it into the fact that, what was the age? It was like 53 year olds watch the CW live for the most part or so, or maybe it was even older than that. Yeah, We we make jokes
0: about that literally all the time on our show.
7: (laughs) So, and that's what they came out after Dexter bought it. So it was very clear that like, this is not where the programming was. And to the point that we've been talking about, I think they essentially burnt off Riverdale and Nancy drew They put them at the end there. They jammed them into the summer. They got them out as quickly as they possibly can and ended them before the fall season starts because that's when the big advertising butts presumably are going to come in. Probably not this year, but just in general. So I think to the point that you're saying, like, they didn't care about it. They wanted to get rid of it. But also in terms of broadcast, Riverdale... Was tanking. Like, I don't know exactly how it was doing on the CW app, but I can't imagine it was improving necessarily that much. It was far less than Nancy Drew at this point, which is probably why Nancy Drew was at eight and Riverdale was at nine. And I would trace that all the way back to probably season three, frankly. You know, to trace back even further, I think everybody on this podcast knows this, but like, you had season one was a big sensation, but it didn't kill it in terms of the ratings. And then you have the Netflix bump between season one and season two, whenever they gave him on Netflix. That doubled the ratings, I think, something like that for season two. Season three, which to get back to your early question, Louis, I have an apologist about that because the more I think about that, like that was a nightmare I lived through. And I kind of love that we all did that together. <laughs> so, but season three was a season that drove people away. The focus wasn't on the ships. The folk, they were there but the focus was the plot. It was plot, 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 plot. And that's not why the younger audience particularly, particular was tuning into the show. So to spend 20, 22, 24 weeks going over this insane plot that feels like a fever dream, which is not fun for people. And you can see the ratings were still pretty high for season three, and then they start to head down and completely plummet to like, I think of the hundred thousands for the broadcast in the final season here. So in terms of that arc, mainly what I saw people do is they still watched it on Netflix. Like they started to think, well, if I can get the entire season on Netflix and I could live this nightmare over the course of two days, <laughs> instead of an entire year of my life, that's how I'm going to do it. I still want to watch the show, but I want to get my hit immediately do what Jenna was talking about and just, just put it on in the background and let it ride. That's how people have been watching the show. They've been watching on Netflix. They've been watching on streaming. They just haven't been watching it week to week.
8: Well, and also like I, I was uh, I'm, a, I'm a geriatric millennial and uh, I, was, I still have cable, but I also have all the streaming um, and w- trying to like a DVR it and I would watch it. And I don't know if it was just the affiliate or if it's the CW or who exactly is to blame, but I would watch it and there would be so many glitches while watching the show like there would be like a like things would freeze, and then it would sort of pick up later, and there would be whole plots that'd be like uh, like what happened in that scene. I have like no idea what happened in that scene, or it would like glitch and then sort of repeat what was said, um, and so like I don't know if it was just like they just don't care. Uh, I mean, I, I they don't care, you know they 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 were burning off the episodes you know uh, to get rid of them um but also just in like the cw just didn't seem to care about their own programming in general
0: one could argue that all of season five was it was a streaming glitch
2: (laughs) (laughs) this is is a
1: really half-baked thought that i'm going to come through with and i might bail on halfway through um with the strikes right now what we know are that streaming services are making more money than they say and we also know that like so we're talking about this they're taking away these programs for and i'm gonna say for tweens because i remember being 12 and wanting to watch stuff about high schoolers but we also know that like high school girls are like the demographic to cater to and it feels like it's like a chicken and the egg thing with this where they start pulling these shows so now they don't have that buying demographic. And since they don't have that buying demographic, they don't make more shows. And my hope is maybe with this like, with this strike and like revealing of how much streaming is making and on what, it might come back around where we start getting this type of program soon. But I feel like broadcast might be dead for that.
0: I do think this is sort of a, a horse that I beat a lot and I have talked somewhat on the show about I feel like the entertainment and culture industry is hugely disrespectful specifically of young women and young women for the last 50 years have completely predicted all culture trends with what they're interested in literally since like the 50s at this point. And just time and time again, it's like, here's these, you know, I'd say, Women, young women who are uh, from around 11 to 15 and over and over again, they're the ones that are listening to the music that is going to chart what pop music sounds like for the next 15 years and the way that they're dressing is going to impact fashion and the types of TV shows that they're watching is going to impact the types of shows. And I am hoping there's a course correction because I feel like mm-hmm. just backtracking to what we're talking about, about the death of programming for that demographic. It's actually going to create this sort of weird cultural void that we're not be, going to be able to anticipate yet. That's going to be kind of hard on cultural in general if there's nothing for that age group to glom onto and watch and, and get excited about, you know?
9: Well, except, except that there is, it's just coming in much, much smaller packages and that smaller sure. package is called TikTok.
2: Yeah. That's like, a really good th- point, they're, they're, yeah.
9: They are, that's where they're watching their content. That's where they're creating their content. And so, you know, it's not, I I refuse to believe that there is, I mean, yes, it might be, it might be a death of television programming as we know it now, Mm -hmm. but it is changing and it's kind of exciting. I mean, it's really interesting to think about like, how could, how could TikTok change the way we consume media in general and how could it um expand like could we see i mean we saw this with uh there was a a film made um that was based on on a a long-running twitter thread
0: yeah which is amazing and and that
9: and that launched into a film so you know i mean my my other hope that coming out of this strike is that we're going to see this return to independent art creation whether it's film or television and I mean, maybe it could be this really exciting, and maybe I'm being too optimistic here. But like, it would be really awesome if you have these very talented young creators on TikTok who you're then able to pair them with maybe more seasoned creators to flesh out these ideas and turn them into a film or a or a TV series. I um, mean, I'm
0: just waiting oh. for the DJ Crazy Times movie. <laughs> um, oh,
1: <laughs> I say, I feel like one of the reasons tiktok picked up big is because teens want to see other teens yeah and there weren't other teens but they also like most 15 year olds aren't in a position to produce a hollywood film or a running tv show so there has to be some pairing there and it seems like it's gonna have to come in because it's become clear that the studios don't want to uh do what would be good for art only
0: only veronica can produce at 15.
1: Only Veronica. (laughs) Right.
0: I I have a final, uh, I actually have a final question I want to segue to that. I want everybody to think about for a moment and answer that I just thought of. So this has been some really interesting use over the last seven seasons of the Archie comics IP of these characters that we all are very fond of. So, What I want us to do now, and whoever wants to start can start, once you've thought of something. Let's pretend that it is uh, like 2033, and the show has been off the air for 10 years, and it is time to revitalize this brand and some sort of media project. What do we want to see from a revitalization of this world, this Riverdale universe? Young Dr.
7: Kirtle origin story.
0: Yes. Yep. <laughs> done. Oh, no. yeah, yeah, done. Yeah, absolutely. Josie and the Pussycats fan number one, Dr. Kirtle Jr. <laughs> Jr. <Junior. laughs> I'm a big fan uh, This is One of the best things that happened really? on this show.
1: <laughs> to that note, I think a, a spooky, haunting story about Mrs. Applebottom haunting <laughs> Riverdale High after being locked in a closet and forgotten about. Yeah her revenge tale
0: yeah poor mrs applebottom our favorite skeleton in the closet of riverdale high yeah
6: (laughs) in 10 years though they guess i guess they don't exist in the main timeline anymore juniper and dagwood be teenagers Mm -hmm. so (laughs) what are their adventures these kids went through so much from the ages like zero to four I would love to know how that affected them.
0: And they sort of ended those forward. characters not with their little shout out at the end of the series, but like they kind of ended those characters on a creepy note. Remember? They
2: were scary. Yeah. Didn't yeah. yeah. Didn't one of them one try of them to them
3: kill was somebody? Definitely yeah. a psychopath. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, because they had the serial killer gene, of course. Right. Yeah. You know? bring it back yep so how, about, how about uh
7: big anthony travels through the multiverse <laughs> gathering all the kids together you get both junipers and dagwoods you get dale you get young anthony all the babies
0: yeah all the babies we River,
9: riverdale we babies. Like, babies it's like muppet babies, babies. Oh my God. <laughs> there you go.
0: we made a lot of jokes about how when Baby. he would grow up he would call himself yeah. adult anthony <laughs> <laughs> grown up Anthony. I'm adult Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like
6: aa for short, like Archie Andrews, yeah, but yeah,
0: adult. AA, adult huh, Anthony.
2: Man.
8: Like I would say like uh they wanted to lean into that supernatural uh the last few episodes uh, seasons. Uh just start off with that. Like do like the you some of the more like horror-tinged comics that they've done you know uh uh leaning into sabrina's influence of it all so
0: i am sad we didn't get an afterlife with archie season that was as zo- mm-hmm. i feel like this cast doing a zombie apocalypse season would have been really fun actually for oh, them yeah. for us. i
9: thought at one point, I thought they were headed in that direction. When um, it it, when Jughead, like I, I know exactly when it was. It was when Jughead came back to his train car, and it was trashed, and he couldn't find hot dog because that's the sort of inciting incident in the Afterlife with Archie um, comics. Is that yeah. hot dog gets yeah. bit? Yeah. Um, so I was thinking, oh, wow, are they going to try it? But no, they didn't. Of course not. I would like to see on um, keeping on the supernatural theme, I would like to see the many incarn the many reincarnations of Nana Rose. Like that would be a fun cool. series, like just track her through history <laughs> and everybody like who's around her. I think that'd be real fun.
0: That's really cool. Yeah, that's a very <laughs> good idea. Yeah.
9: I think my like personal favorite like Archie
3: comics run is the Archie the Married Life with the two timelines. So I think that would be really cool, but I would also really like it like 70s-ish. Cause I think like we got these 70s outfits in the finale. I was like, why were we in the 50s for this whole season? These 70s outfits were where it was. At.
0: <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Like that final shot of Cheryl and Tony, I was like, where has this been in my excellent. life?
1: <laughs> yeah
3: betty's 70s newspaper like outfit was incredible oh, so good yeah.
1: it was like the hottest betty's ever looked and she constantly looks great like yeah.
2: i know i
3: could but, not like, believe the barbie aesthetic that everyone's like really into this summer like that was yeah. really what that felt yeah. like
0: yeah yeah just betty as a feminist newspaper uh or a feminist magazine like betty's gertrude stein that's that's a whole series that would rock. Would which would be a Or
9: Gloria Gloria Steinem. Oh
0: yeah, we, yeah I Gloria think Steinem.
9: <laughs> that was yeah. not correct. And I, well, but also I, I also wondered if they were going with Betty Friedan for the feminine mystique, the teenage yeah. mystique. So, oh,
8: yeah, uh, I little, like little yeah. little crossover there. Yeah, that's that's actually one of my sort of favorite things about these like teenage dramas. Um, that I don't think we're gonna ever get again is like when they start off and then they get to the point because it, it, it gains popularity and then they're like, Oh, they're going to graduate. Uh, what are we going to do, uh, after that? And they, you know, do the time jump, which they did with like, uh, one tree Hill. And it's like, Oh, they're a published writer and they're fame, Like everyone is famous and everyone's like well-known from like this small town. Like everyone knows these people, like, that's what I loved about that sort of ending with this again is, you know, that Betty has started this like famed uh, magazine and uh, Jughead is doing mad magazine essentially. And it's no, just great. Except
7: for, except for Kevin and clay who are like fine. Which, right. which I honestly also appreciated in a way because that felt more <laughs> realistic to me. That it wasn't everybody took over the world, it was like, yeah, Kevin started not a Broadway theater company, an off Broadway <laughs> theater company, but he's doing okay. Yeah, but they lived above, just Apollo. They
9: live above <laughs> the Apollo. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, I was gonna say, I hope they <laughs> hung on to that apartment because
8: yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're comfortable, they're, they're comfortable, <laughs> you know. Okay. Uh, yeah.
0: this this feels like a lovely moment to thank our esteemed panelists KJ thank you uh where can people find you
3: um honestly I'm either SBN opinions or like SBN opinions KJ like pretty much everywhere um maybe editing KJ in a couple of places but like yeah I mean I have a supernatural podcast if you look up supernatural opinions I'll come up on all the things
0: awesome
7: Alex what about you so you can check out the Riverdale After Dark podcast, which still exists for the time being, I are guess. <laughs> and also-
0: How many more episodes are you guys doing? Just this is like so podcast we did, talk. Like, this is our last one. Uh, how are you feeling? Yeah, we, <laughs>
7: did, we did a viewer mail episode, which was great. Like yeah. a week later, just getting everybody's theories and questions at everybody. And that was very fun. We've talked about- I mean, who knows what's gonna, when the strike is going to end. I would still love to talk to people and do some interviews then because I still have questions about this last episode. And the Archie's movie is coming to Netflix. Maybe we'll resurrect it for that. But we also have we have a weekly show, Comic Book Club. We do it at 7 p.m. on Facebook and YouTube every week. And we talk about Riverdale and Archie Comics incessantly there too. So definitely if you still want an outlet to chat about Riverdale, come hang out.
0: We're happy to chat about it anytime. That's awesome. Jenna, how about you? You have a, your Twitter is the best. Ba- I love your Twitter <laughs> so much. Talk about your Twitter.
6: <laughs> my, my Twitter is at Jenna Hansel, like Hansel Regrettable with two L's. Um, I just like talking about all the things I enjoy and tweeting Snoopy reaction pictures. So that's, that's where I'm at. That's yeah. my, it's my life.
0: Yeah, Jen is super hooked into Before Sunrise TikTok, or sorry, Before Sunrise. Oh yeah, which is for me the best because that movie is also equally important to me. (laughs) Kevin,
6: there's so much you can do
8: (laughs) with those characters, with bits from
6: that movie.
0: Yes. (laughs) Kevin, how about you?
8: Uh, Personally, you can find me on the social medias at Gilligan underscore McJew. Um you can uh you'll also find me in person if you're in portland oregon at rose city comic-con with uh geeks out representing geeks out there and at new york comic-con uh in october uh and geeks out is at geeks out and flamecon you can uh dot org and flamecon.org so
0: bethany What's going on? All, How can we all find of my you? my
9: social media is private, so you'll have to come find me in Burbank, California.
0: You're am um, encouraging that people stalk you in your neighborhood.
9: No, please don't. I have a I have a child. Um, and if you have children, you can download Sensical for free and find the safest streaming content for kids out
0: there I feel like so that's the plug that. Bethany yes thank you
9: that's the plug yeah, yeah. A, yeah. no you will not find Riverdale on School. I'm afraid
0: <laughs> uh, yeah maybe for the best uh oh, well we we really from the bottom of our hearts thank you again for making such a wonderful uh, enlightening conversation for our our last episode so you know thank you guys so much and um, we'll see you all around the Sweetwater River
1: in the sweet hereafter
0: in the sweet hereafter that's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. bye Thank you. you. Well, pals and gals, that about wraps it up for XOXO Riverdale. So Kate and I were just chatting and, um, you know, we're going to probably not be checking the XOXO socials as much as we were while we were recording. So, let's talk about where you can keep in touch with us and about all our projects and all our stuff going on. Kate, what about um, you?
1: I'm, I'm k- at Kate Vatter on everything.
0: Yeah, and I'm Including
1: Venmo at- if you want to, like, give me some cash.
0: Yeah, for, like, the 140 episodes we did of the show. Yeah, you want to buy some a copy? Yeah. I wouldn't be opposed yep. to that. Um, I'm at louis4711 on everything and yeah my venmo is at louis4711 um yeah that that is that is yeah venmo totally we that's totally okay thing to bring up absolutely so as we finish um i i just sort of want to thank from the bottom of my heart everybody that's been listening and everybody that's stuck with us and stuck with the show we know that you guys are a small but very mighty army and we've always really loved your feedback and Mm. we've loved when you thought we were wrong and we've loved when you agreed with us as well um it's this has been a really fun surprising weird wild fandom to be even tangentially related to
1: yeah it's been nice knowing that there's this isn't just going out into the ether and that there are some ears out there besides our moms.
0: Yeah, yes. And your mom stopped listening, which...
1: She did, yeah, my mom famously did stop listening.
0: <laughs> yes, my mom never did. <laughs> so we we have some people to thank uh, for the last time. We yeah. want to thank our first editor, Alicia Camden, who was with us for the first few seasons and, and rocked it. Mm-hmm.
1: And then Angelina Mercado, who took over and has been with us the last several. If you are looking for an editor, she's fantastic.
0: Yeah, she's also an excellent, excellent writer, and she's a she's a science mm-hmm. writer. Um, please check out her work. And thanks to the man who did a recording session for us six years ago, yep. the, <laughs> the unstoppable, Louis Aronowitz, the composer yep. for the song.
1: The wickedly talented The wickedly (laughs) talented
0: (laughs) The man who has had nothing to do with our podcast since then However We love our theme song
1: We do We never changed it, you know Some shows do, but not us
0: Well, we hope you all keep in touch And we'll see you around Pops We'll see you around the Sweetwater River We'll see you around Riverdale High I'm Louis Perlman
1: I'm Kate Batter.
0: Bye. 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 mm I was about to end the meeting. Bye mistake. Mm. <laughs>